Welcome to the Allegrativity Powercast with Allegra Sinclair. Get ready to punch fear in the throat, show up, and tell your story. Allegra Sinclair is here to help you become the powerful woman you are meant to be. It's finally time to get unstuck and reveal how fabulous you are. And it's time for your host, Allegra Sinclair. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I decided to take a break this week from our ongoing conversation about toxic people to give you hope. Based on a couple of emails and comments I received recently, there are a lot of people who are super frustrated. So I just wanted to address that here. When you look at your life, you may be right now miles away from your goals and dreams. And some of you might be so far away that you feel like you may never get there. Now, this gap can be especially frustrating when you feel like you're working really hard to move forward. Unfortunately, just working hard doesn't assure success. There are a lot of other elements and factors that determine how far you go and how close we come to achieving the life that we imagine. So over the next couple of weeks, what I'm going to do is talk about 10 factors that I think play a part in holding you back from reaching your dreams. Now, if you can surmount those 10, if you can banish even four of the 10, it will dramatically improve your results and move you past some obstacles that may be holding you back at this moment. But even though I'm going to talk about five today and five next week to cover all 10, I want to make sure that I suggest that you not try to tackle all 10 at one time. Listen to the first part, perhaps more than one time, and pick out one or two that you want to tackle first. Pick out whichever ones really seem to kind of leap out of your ears (laughs) and grab you right around the throat and start there because there's plenty of time to work on the rest. So just fair warning, as far as vocabulary goes, I use the words dreams and goals interchangeably, um, but they do have very different meanings, right? So a dream is a goal without a deadline, right? So um, I understand that they have two different meanings, but I might slip up and use the words interchangeably. So I'll just uh, go ahead and let you know that right up front. But what I'm going to talk about here applies both to goals and dreams. So I think I'm okay. So let's look at reason number one, uh, why you might not be where you want to be yet. Reason number one, you don't know what you want. Now, Jim Rohn, famous author, if you don't know who that is, Google him, said, if you don't design your own life plan, chances are you'll fall into someone else's. And guess what they have planned for you? Not much. So I agree with that. Before you can get what you want, you need to know what that is. Before you can get anywhere, you need to know where you're going. I know that sounds silly, but when it comes to your dreams and goals, it's not always that clear. Sometimes we'll think to ourselves, I want my business to be a success, or I want a great career, or I want to be happy. But if you ask 100 different women to define successful business, great career, or happy, you're going to get 100 different answers. That's why when it comes to getting what you want, the first step is to decide very specifically what you want from your life, not in general, but specifics. So for instance, instead of saying, I want to be skinny, 
<laughs> right? And I'm not saying that's anyone's goal, but let's pretend for just a moment. Let's say your goal or your dream is I want to be skinny. So for the purposes of this exercise, I would rather that you say, I want to wear a size 12 and have my BMI, blood pressure, and cholesterol be in a healthy range. See how that's more specific than just, I want to be skinny. Or, uh, I want to be financially secure. Again, that's too vague. So instead, for the purposes of this exercise, we'd say, I want to be debt-free and have $100,000 in the bank by the time I'm 50. You with me? Or not, I want a new job, but I want a job that allows me to work flexible hours from my home, making $20 an hour, using my skills in internet research and business management. See, when you're talking about a goal, being specific is critical for several reasons. If you only have a general idea of what you want, you can only get a general idea of how to achieve it. It's like driving. If you know you want to drive from Portland to Philadelphia, you have a general idea of how to get there. But you may end up in any number of different places in Philadelphia, right? But if you want to see... If you say you want to go from Portland to Philadelphia to see the Rocky statue in front of the art museum, then you're going to plot a very different course and you're going to be very specific about driving from Portland to the art museum to get to exactly the point where you want to be. Number two, being specific saves time. You will intuitively be able to sort through opportunities that are presented to you and know immediately whether they're in line with your goals or not. If you are specific, you'll be able to use your goals as that ruler I always talk about to measure each new opportunity. I know I say this all the time, but you sometimes have to say no to good things to say yes to great things. You have to make room for the great stuff. And finally, being specific helps you create a picture in your mind of what it is that you want. Once your mind can picture something, it's much easier to achieve it. See, I can picture in my mind being debt-free and having $100,000 in the bank by the time I'm 50. But how do I picture financially secure? Since that's so vague, it could change over time, and I might feel like I never reach that because I didn't define it. So if you're having trouble getting really specific with a dream, here are some questions that you might ask yourself. What does my dream look like? How will I know when I have achieved it? What does that feel like? What does that look like? How do I behave when I have attained this goal? And then when do you want to achieve the goal? Set a timetable for yourself. And when I talk about what it feels like and looks like, I really mean, what does it taste like? What does it smell like? What do you eat? Where do you go? How do you look when you get there? I mean, really create a fantastic, exciting, motivating, visual picture of what that goal looks like. What would a day in your dream life be like? Imagine that in vivid detail from the moment you get up until the time you go to bed, how would you spend your day if your dream had already been accomplished? So write these answers down. You don't have to share them with me, but if you do, I won't tell anybody. (laughs) 
but write them down and then revisit them. So put them somewhere that you'll be able to go back to them. Because your dreams and goals do change from time to time. There may have been a time when I was very young, when I was convinced that I needed to marry Denzel Washington. And then there might have been a time when I revisited that and thought, okay, he's married. Now my goal might be to marry Idris Elba. (laughs) Now, neither of those are really goals of mine, but I hope you understand my point. And you got that great little visual of those two hot men to get you through the day. I want you to write these answers to these questions down so that you can visit them frequently to verify for yourself that they're still true and to remind yourself of what you're working towards. So reason number one, why you aren't where you want to be yet is because you don't know what you want. So reason number two, you don't have a plan to get from where you are to where you're going. You can know specifically what you want to achieve, what it looks like when you want it, but without a plan, you're not going to get very far, right? You're like someone who planned, um, you're like someone who had a goal to take a trip at a specific date and time, but you never bought your plane ticket, right? So the next natural step after deciding what you want is laying out a plan for getting it. Now, where many people make mistakes is assuming that having a plan is an all or nothing situation. So you have to have a very intricately complicated prescribed plan, completely scripted to go from A to B to C to D with no unknowns and no changes. But that's very rarely how life works. In fact, ask three people who you think have achieved something of merit (laughs) or something that you admire, and they will likely tell you that the path they thought they were going to take wasn't what they ended up taking. But they'll also tell you that knowing the first few steps and committing to them were critical to the success of their overall plan. So again, take someone who wants to lose weight. They know what they want to weigh, and they've decided to try Weight Watchers combined with walking 30 minutes a day. That's all they need to get started because it gives them the next steps. So they sign up for a meeting, they attend a meeting, and they start walking. What they can't anticipate, however, is the weather or pizza night with the kids or the fact that they seem to have trouble losing weight on the uh, strict Weight Watchers plan after a few weeks of success and they need to shake things up a bit. Situations change, that's a given. Rarely do you lay out a plan in excruciating detail on day one and follow that without needing to make any adjustments. You have to be prepared to make changes along the way, but you also have to know what the way is. So without any plan at all, you will absolutely become a victim of your circumstances, not knowing what's going to move you closer to your goal and what's going to take you farther away. So after you've set your end goal in living color, Figure out that one next step you have to take and then trust that when you take that step, you'll see the next one and the next one and so on and so on. You'll know when you need to move to the left and right, but only if you're moving on the path that you see ahead of you, right? Sometimes we don't see the reason for all the twists and turns until we're looking backwards. But if you keep your eyes ahead What is that scripture? I'll find it for you. Include it in the notes. Forgetting what is behind and pressing forward towards what's ahead. Somebody listening right now knows what that scripture is. I thank you in advance for sharing it with me. (laughs) 
So reason number one, you don't know what you want. Two, you don't develop a plan. So reason number three, why you may not be where you want to be yet, you lack the resources. Did you catch that one? You lack the resources. Now, I can hear a lot of you saying, yes, I knew that. That's why I haven't done what I said I wanted to do because I don't have whatever. You can finish that sentence, but wait for it. Have you ever watched a show like um, Trading Spaces or The Biggest Loser or and said to yourself, well, of course they can lose weight or clean out their clutter or redesign their house. They have a team of experts to actually do the, the tough stuff. Well, not everyone. And in fact, most of us don't have access to a team of experts like they have on The Great Biggest Loser or Trading Spaces or whatever those hot shows are now. Jillian Michaels is a great personal coach and really motivating on that show. And an interior designer like Genevieve Gorder or one of the others from Trading Spaces would be amazing to help me bring the vision that I have for my home to life. But since I don't have access to those resources, I can and should find and use the resources that are available to me to help me achieve my goals. And if I find myself stuck on my path, then I just might be experiencing a lack of resources. Now, resources fall into several different types. We're going to take a quick look at each one and talk about ways that you can get the resources that you need to get where you want to go. So the first one, let me just go ahead and get that out of the way, monetary resources. Now, usually when we think we don't have resources to complete something, we immediately jump to money. And it's true. Some goals take cash. I'm not mad at money. I like money a lot. It can do wonderful things in the right hands. But most of the time that we think it's a money issue, it might not be. Sometimes there are other solutions besides straight cash. Right. So for instance, maybe, um, you need an expertise that you don't have and you don't have the cash to pay for it. Perhaps you could barter with someone who does have that skill. Right. So if you trade your expertise for someone else's services. So if you're looking for a personal trainer and your personal trainer knows nothing about social media, perhaps you can swap your social media skills for their personal training. So you're getting the personal training that you need since that that's not your area of expertise and they're getting help with their social media since that is your area of expertise, right? Let's say you don't have all the cash right now. You could borrow. Now, those who know me know I'm super frugal and they're probably weirding out right now that I'm talking about borrowing, but let me explain what I'm talking about. I'm not suggesting that you go get a credit card and max it out buying every conceivable resource that you feel that you need to make your dream come true. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am saying is, um, suppose I don't have a car and I need to uh, get to a meeting or get to an interview or something, and I know someone who has a car and they're not using it at that moment. If I borrow their car to go to my night class or my meeting, I put gas in it and bring it back. I was able to access resources that I don't own full time. Or suppose I want to go run away from home. Actually, I did that a couple of weeks ago. It was breathtakingly clarifying. If you haven't had a vacation in a long time where you can just get in touch with yourself, please do that. But I digress. I'll get back on point. So suppose you want to go away for the weekend and you don't have a house at the beach. 
and you would really like to go spend a weekend at the beach. Do you know someone who has a house at the beach who would be willing to lend it to you for a weekend? They'd be happy to let you camp out there on the weekends to work on your book. You won't know unless you ask. Suppose you want to learn how to ride horses. Well, you certainly don't have to go buy a horse, right? Perhaps you could rent a horse, some time with a horse. Uh, you want to um, take a fancy car. I think you understand my point. I don't want to belabor this. But if there are things that you feel like you need, money doesn't have to stop you. You can barter and swap services with someone else. You could borrow something you need from someone who has that resource who's not using it. You could rent something instead of purchasing it. You could share it, right, in order to get access to something that you really felt like you needed in order to reach a goal. Next resource people often think they don't have enough of is time. Now, time may be even more of an issue than money when it comes to reaching your goals. We often say, I just don't have the time, when what we really mean is, it's not important enough to me right now. Uh Uh-oh, I'm going to say that one again. (laughs) We often say, I just don't have the time, when what we really mean is, it is just not important enough to me right now. Because the truth is, we all have the same number of hours in the day. You don't have any fewer hours than someone else out there who is doing what you said you wanted to do or staying up late to work on something, right? We have the same number of hours. If it's important to you, you will find a way. So if you shift your thinking around amount of time, you may find that that's not one of the resources that's holding you back. Let's talk about support as a resource. Now, I did a podcast a while back about being your own cheerleader. And the purpose of that was to empower you not to wait for someone else to show up and tell you you're fabulous, but to learn how to cheer for yourself daily. Now, our support circles, our cheering squads, our resources, there's no doubt about it. And while the people closest to us may not understand why we want to do whatever it is that we're working on doing, there are people out there in the universe who will gladly cheer you on. All you have to do is find them. So if we, as we have looked at these three resources, there are really no valid excuses when it comes to lack of resources, because what you have in an unlimited supply is imagination and creativity. So whatever you think your excuses are, someone else in a tougher position than you has already figured out a way to achieve what you want to achieve. And if they have done it, then you can too. Reason number four is related to reason number three. So reason number three was lack of resources. But reason number four is, very specifically, the people around you don't support you. Muhammad Ali said, I know where I'm going and I know the truth. And I don't have to be what you want me to be. I'm free to be what I want. In the last section, we were talking about resources, including lack of support. In my experience, that's the biggest obstacle for women in reaching their goals. Isolation or even downright discouragement. It can stop even the most dedicated woman. To put it bluntly, you feel like you need a cheering section. Now, I'm not being sexist. I think men need encouragement as well, and they may actually need more of it than we do. 
However, they don't verbalize it the way that we do. And it doesn't impact them the same way that a lack of support impacts us. Few people like change, right? Especially change that they didn't ask for or change that they can't control. So those closest to us in our everyday life have a vested interest in keeping things, including you, the same as they have always been. If you lose weight, get out of debt, get a new job, quit drinking, start a new business, whatever it is, what does that say to your friends and family about them? It doesn't have to say anything, but it might. So there will be three groups of people in your life. Those who are instant encouragers. They get up early to go to the gym with you. They find magazines on starting your own business. They offer to house it while you're off at a conference learning how to market your book. These people are magical. Hold them very close. There's another group. They don't get it and they just don't talk about it. They watch you working on your goal from the sidelines, perhaps scratching their head as you start making changes, and they wonder what you're up to. They won't actively discourage you, but the fact that they don't even ask you about your latest accomplishments can leave you feeling depressed, discouraged, demotivated. Then there's group number three, those who are out to make you fail. I know that sounds ugly and I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. There is a certain group of people in your universe who is so uncomfortable with change, even in others, that they won't want you to change. They won't want you to quit smoking or find a new job. If you quit smoking, then who are they going to hang out with and talk to when they're still smoking? If you find a new job, then who are they going to, you know, I was going to say a word to some lady, like, who are they going to complain about the job with when you were off in a job that's better suited for your skills? They like things just as they are, and they take your change as a rejection of them and their choices. So your success threatens them. Unfortunately, sometimes these are the people who are closest to us. So as I talked about last week, when I was talking about toxic people, The solution for this is to minimize your contact with people who discourage you and to maximize your contact with those who want you to succeed. Now, avoidance can be tough if you happen to be married to the discourager. This is when you'll have to make a decision about what's most important in your life, maintaining the status quo or reaching your dreams, carving out room for yourself to be who you really are or continuing to be diminished, right? If you need more supportive people, you can find them. I touched on this a little bit in the toxic people um, post, which I will link to. But here are some resources in order for you to find more like-minded individuals who will be more supportive. There's meetups. You could go to meetup.com, type in your city, and find other small business owners, other authors, other um model train collectors, whatever it is that you're interested in, you will likely be able to find some others in your area who are interested. Twitter. I love Twitter. Are you already following me there? If not, you should be because I'm really fun in 140 characters or less at Allegra Sinclair. But if you go on Twitter, you can search by hashtag for your area of interest and then start following people, engaging with people, enjoying conversations 
as much as we really converse on Twitter about things that you're interested in. I have absolutely met in real life people who I met on Twitter and they were just as awesome in real life as they were on Twitter. Be careful with that. That's a whole other conversation, but I'm just saying Twitter's a way of finding like-minded people. Facebook as well. So one other way to find supportive people, find a coach. I mentioned a personal trainer before, but if you're getting ready to write a book and you don't know how to market it, find a book marketing coach. If you want to change how you eat, find a health coach. There are a ton of experienced professionals who can help you get from where you are to where you want to be. And you can benefit from their experience, which will save you time and money as you are pursuing your dreams. There's absolutely no need to work on your goals alone. Now, whether you hire a coach, find a virtual buddy to back you up, either way, there are people who would love to see you succeed and you just need to find them so that they can be your cheer squad if you don't have that in your circle already. So reason number five, and then I'm going to stop for today, why you may not be where you want to be yet. You don't really want what you think you want. I love that Joe Jackson song, you can't get what you want to you know what you want. Now, earlier I said reason number one was you don't know what you want. However, you may have reached now step five and you had a very clear picture of what you wanted from step number one. And then in step number two, you figured out what that looked like and how you would get there. But here I just want to pause and say, do you really want what you think you want? Or are you saying you want something for other reasons? So just play with me for a moment. Everyone wants two kids and a white picket fence, right? Everyone wants a vacation home at the beach, right? Everyone wishes they looked like Jennifer Aniston or Jill Scott, right? Everyone wants to run their own business and be their own boss, right? Wrong. When it comes to dreams, one size does not fit all. Our dreams and goals are as individual as we are and adopting someone else's goals as our own can feel like wearing someone else's shoes. It looks great to everyone else, but to us, it feels awful and it gives us blisters, right? I remember being in my third year of college and I was pre-law and I was starting to take law school courses and I was even lining up a summer job to work at a law firm in between my sophomore and junior years. And I spent about a week at the law firm and I realized I didn't want to be a lawyer. (laughs) How awful was that? Now, I'm not saying I'm mad that I went to college. I'm not. I thought college was amazing. There can, you could never be too educated. However, I was 20, how old was I then? I don't know, 21, 22 years old and realized at that point that I had been working my whole life for something that I didn't really want. There are thousands, if not millions of people right now working toward the wrong goals. I'm not saying the goal is bad. Catch that. I didn't say bad. I said wrong. And the goal is wrong for them because that's not what they really want. There's nothing inherently bad about the goal, but the goals that they're aiming for are wrong for them. One of my dear friends, one of the bridesmaids in her wedding was an emergency room physician, and so was her husband, which is great, right? Except that once she was an emergency room physician, 
she figured out she didn't want to do that. Now, I was fussing about being a sophomore or junior in college and discovering I didn't want to be a lawyer. But I think to myself, if I had spent all the time, money, energy, training to become an emergency room physician and then discovered that I didn't want to do that, that's a really bad day. I don't think there's enough Lemonheads and Snickers bars in the world, right? I'm not saying she can't recover from that, but wow, what a revelation that must have been. I went to school with someone who was studying engineering because that was the hot major at the time. She wanted to be an artist, but she put aside the thoughts of being an artist because her mom and dad said, hey, you need to study engineering. Think about a successful salesman who really wants to just chuck it all and teach English, but he's making too much money and only a crazy person would throw away a six-figure paycheck. Across the globe, there are frustrated dentists, bakers, (laughs) any profession you can think of. There are frustrated sheep farmers, personal trainers, police officers. The frustration doesn't know gender, geography, socioeconomics, or race or religious bounds. The only way to know if the goals you're aiming for are the right goals is to figure out if they are really your heart's desire. And sometimes it takes detective work to peel back those layers of societal and family expectations to get at what you really want. There are clues all around you. If you fall asleep dreaming about something, you wake up dreaming about that something, and you find yourself perking up whenever you meet someone doing that something, you're on the right track. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how you find your lane so you can get in it and stay in it. On the other hand, if you get a sinking feeling whenever you pull into the garage of your house with the white picket fence and the two kids, or you find yourself calling in sick a lot to that six-figure job that everyone would kill to have, then you may be in the wrong place for you. So what do you do if you find you've been chasing after the wrong dream? You adjust. You find ways to move your current life closer to the one you really want. Now, that might mean getting up an hour early every day to work on your mystery novel. Maybe it means you spend your weekends teaching art to children while you're building up to become a teacher full-time. Maybe it means volunteering to do taxes at the senior center. doesn't really matter what it is as long as it is something. Take a small step and see how that feels. Then take another and another until you know deep in your heart, deep in your knower that you're on the right track. If you are, then momentum from that knowledge will move you forward. So I promised I was going to stop there for today. But next Tuesday, join me for part two of why you aren't where you say you want to be. Now you've been given permission to be more powerful and influence more people. If you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to AllegraSinclair.com slash iTunes and leave a review. It will help Allegra get the message out to more women that they can punch fear in the throat, show up, and tell their stories. We'll see you next time on the Allegrativity Powercast with Allegra Sinclair.